Good morning. Yeah. Um, as I was preparing for teaching this week, um, I had a hard time coming up with the text to, to use for a sermon titled Supernatural Prophetic. And uh, the problem that I had wasn't that I couldn't find one. The problem that I had was narrowing down and deciding you know, just where to go with this in, in terms of the text. And, um, and when Barbie shared in the first service uh, what she just shared over communion, I uh, went, okay, good. I, because I, I, I've been kind of vacillating back and forth and then gone, Lord, I don't know about this. He said, keep it there. Uh, because it's what she said. Uh, you should come prepared. Would you stand with me? And let's read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. What shall we say, brothers and sisters? <clears throat> when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Father, thank you for your peace. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence. I pray that you would speak to our hearts today, that you'd quicken us to your voice. May, may, may we be able to hear what you want to say to us today. And not just today, Father. May our, may our ears, may our hearts become attuned to you, Father, on an ongoing basis. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, and just let me say, because I'm not actually going to be going into a lot of things in this passage uh, too much, but one, one thing I do want to point out, it says the spirit of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. I grew up in a, uh, I grew up in a, a church culture where uh, you know, people would oftentimes stand up during the service and bring a word. Of course, we didn't have that many people there, so that, that kind of helped. But uh, they'd bring a word or they'd uh, say a, a message in tongues and someone would... Uh, and, and sometimes they would also say, well, I, I just couldn't help it. I, 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 it, was, uh, it was so powerful in me, I, I, I had to do it. Uh, it's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the control of the prophet. And so uh, just, just, just making that. Uh, uh, the, uh, the question comes, does God, still, does God speak supernaturally? How, how many of you have ever heard the audible voice of God? You know, that's actually a surprising number uh, because it doesn't happen often. Uh, it, it, it really doesn't, doesn't happen very often, but it has happened. Uh, it happens in Scripture. And by the way, when I put my hand up, uh, I was just showing you what to do in case it was you, because I haven't. But I've heard his voice. 
Yeah. Uh, but in Scripture, it happened several times. Moses was probably the most uh, prominent example when he was out working one day and saw this, this bush on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. And he went, God spoke to him. Take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. I'm going to send you to, to Pharaoh to, to deliver my people. Oh, God, please, not me, somebody else. Uh, I'm, I'm not qualified. I, I can't speak well. Who gave man his mouth? God doesn't, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah. So anyway, that was uh, in the New Testament, there was this guy named Saul. He was on his way to Damascus to arrest Christians and put them in prison. And, and as he was on his way to Damascus, suddenly this bright light came upon him and knocked him off of his horse or mule or donkey or whatever it was he was riding and knocked him to the ground. And he heard a voice. And the voice said, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you? I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. So he, he heard the audible voice of God. And the audible voice of God occurred several times during Jesus' ministry at, at Jesus' baptism. Uh, the Lord spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. With him I'm, I'm well pleased. And then uh, when, when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and, uh, and Moses and Elijah appeared and, and began to, to talk with him. A voice, a cloud came over and, and a voice spoke and said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Hear him. Uh, and then in the book of John, uh, there, there was also an, another instance that happened um, uh, during Passion Week where, where the voice of God spoke. So uh, God, God can speak audibly to people and uh, apparently he has spoken audibly to several people that are here today. I'm not one of those people. But as I said, I have heard God. Uh, and I've heard him with my heart. Now I suspect that those of you who, who heard him audibly, especially if you're going to own up to it, you probably heard him with your heart too. But let me tell you that it's more important to hear him with your heart than it is to hear with your ears. Adam heard with his ears. Adam heard God speak. Don't eat from that tree. On the day that you do, you'll surely die. But it, 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 it apparently didn't get down here because he, because he didn't obey it. The entire nation of Israel heard God's voice and said, we don't want to hear it again. Yeah. So it, the important thing is that, you, is that you do hear God's voice in your heart. Uh, what is prophecy? Prophecy is very uh, simple. It's prophecy is a regular person speaking the word of the Lord. It is a supernatural thing occurring in a very natural setting. It's very natural for, for people to talk to each other. When it becomes the word of the Lord, then the supernatural enters in as, as well, and, and, and both of those, that's, what, that's what's going on. In, uh, in Scripture, um, there's a lot of instances of this. Probably one of the most striking is when Nathan came to David. David had committed uh, adultery with Bathsheba, and Nathan came to David and told him his story. He said there was this rich man, he had, he had a lot of sheep and, and cattle, and he lived next door to a poor man who only had one little lamb, and this little lamb was like a member of the family, and the rich man had somebody come to visit him, and as rich people are wont to do, they didn't want to spend their money, so they, they took, he took this guy's lamb and killed it to feed the guy who came to visit him. And David got furious. You know, that guy deserves to die. And Nathan said, yeah, he does, and you're him. Boom. 
That's a, and a few weeks ago, I was telling you about uh, the guy named Edsel Charles. Uh, those of you here probably remember you know, him being in the, in the business meeting and stopping in the middle of it and going, will you mind telling the owner of the company why you're stealing money from the company? Yeah. And in fact, he was. So I, I, you know, that, that, that sort of thing happens. And later on, I'm going to tell you about a couple of instances in my own life where, where the Lord nailed, <laughs> nailed me. But uh, I want to address a couple of other questions first. Uh, is it for today? Uh, is prophecy still active? Some people would go, uh, prophecy isn't active anymore. It says over in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that uh, um, where there's prophecy, it'll, uh, it'll cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Uh, when that which is perfect is come. And that which is perfect is already here because we've got the New Testament. But if that's the case, I don't know why there's so much disagreement about what is perfect, first of all. And then, and then, and then secondly, if those things are supposed to pass away, the same people who, who will say, well, you know, that which is perfect is here, so we don't need these things, will spend millions of dollars on schools and education for knowledge. Yeah, which is one of the things that's supposed to be gone. Paul goes on to say in, in 1 Corinthians 14, right after that, he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Now, over in, in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, he, he lists some gifts of the Spirit, and there's miracles, and there's uh, healing, and there's uh, knowledge, and there's wisdom, and, and and what he, what he seems to be saying here is that prophecy is more important than all of those things. Pro- prophecy is more, more, is, is more important than a miracle. Now, when you need a miracle, you need a miracle. But, but he's saying the one you really need to go after is, is prophecy. And even then healing, even then a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. In fact, when you, when you have a word of prophecy, you've got a combination of both. You've got a word of knowledge. You, you've got a word of, of wisdom. Right there, uh, a word that reveals things, and and a word that uh, and a word that tells you what to do, and it's a good gift. Why would God not give us good gifts? You know, why would He give our forefathers good a good gift, but He won't give it to us? So I mean, it's still active. It's it, it's 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 still going on. Uh, how can you tell? You know, when it actually is a word of prophecy? Well, let me let me say this. You can't tell it by the, the context of the setting. And the reason why I, uh, reason why I say that is uh, we, we tend to think, oh, there's prophecy going on over there. Let's go hear some. Yeah. They're, they're, they're having prophecies over there. I, I'm going to go over there because there might be one for me. Yeah. Sure hope so. Uh, actually, if it's a real prophecy, you might not want to hope so so much. But, but anyway... Um, but that's not necessarily the, the context. Um, biblically, is usually totally unexpected. I mean, Moses was at work when uh, when the word of prophecy came to him. Uh, David thought he was just hearing a friend tell a story about something or bringing a matter to him. You know, before before it kind of blew up there on him. Um, Saul in the in the Old Testament, not not the one in the New Testament, but the guy who was the first king of Israel, was looking for lost donkeys for crying out loud. Uh, and, he, and he went to, and he found out he couldn't find them. And Samuel was nearby, and he went to Samuel to find out where his donkeys were. And Samuel said, "Don't worry about the donkeys. I got some other stuff to tell you, though. That's that's pretty important." Uh, 
Nathaniel in the New Testament, when, when, uh, when Philip came to him and, and, and told him, we found the Christ. He was sitting under his fig tree, uh, you know, and I don't know what he was doing under his fig tree, just resting, just loafing, playing video games, something like that. And, and, and the word of the Lord came to him. Now, uh, but when we try to set up a situation where, where we're going to hear the word of the Lord, uh, it's kind of like Ahab in the Old Testament. Ahab was a bad king. He was, a, he was an evil king, a wicked king of Israel, and he wanted to fight a war. So he did what most leaders of nations do when they want to fight a war. He got a bunch of advisors around him to say, we ought to go fight a war. And so he had all these prophets around, and they were all prophesying, yeah, go, go to war. Go, go uh, to Ramoth Gilead and, and succeed and prosper. And uh, Jehoshaphat, who was a, uh, uh, a king of, of Judah with, with a funny name, uh, said, surely there is a prophet of the Lord that we can, that we can hear from. And, uh, and Ahab said, yeah, there is, but I don't like him. He never, he never says good stuff about me. So, so I don't like, I don't go to that church. And, uh, and Josh Fett said, now come on, we need to listen to him. So uh, Micaiah uh, uh, comes and he, uh, and he brings the word of the Lord. And he says, yeah, yeah, go fight and, uh, against Ramoth Gilead. The Lord wants you to do that because he's going to kill you there. And Ahab goes, see? See, I knew that's what he was going to say. And uh, so he put Micaiah in jail, and he went and fought against Ramoth Gilead and got killed. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how. But, 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 he had, but he had the setup. Uh, he already had his prophets, the ones that he wanted to hear from. And we do the same thing. In fact, there's a, there's a scripture verse to that effect over in uh, 2 Timothy. It says, a time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. But instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what, what their itching ears want to hear. And, and, and people will they'll flock to, to hear a word as long as it's the kind of word that they're going to want to hear. And as long as it's got enough, you know, a little, little sparkle, a little pizzazz, some, something, to, you know, something to keep people's attention. Uh, and it... You know, I, I get I get uncomfortable in those settings. It, it kind of it tends to become, it tends to feel like sort of a Las Vegas floor show, you know, at times. And I was kind of going, what what is going on here? I was in a I was in a service once in uh, in Zimbabwe where uh, where this this prophet um, got up and rebuked the pastor for not working hard enough. And I'm and I'm going, okay, I've got a couple of problems with this. Uh, number one, um, I don't know. I, 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 there are very few p- people in the world that you can't guilt with. You're not doing everything you should do. Pastors are not. I mean, seriously. You know, if, 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 I, if somebody were to, were to call you out right now and, and, and go, John, uh, John's retired, so I can talk about him. You know, John, you're not working as hard as you're supposed to be. You're, 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 you're sloughing down on your job. You know, you probably, that, that whole guilt thing comes in, and you're going, yeah, yeah, that, oh, he's right, you know. And, and so I have two problems with that. Number one, that is so generic. You know, it, it's, it's like going to the service and hearing, there's someone here with a back problem. Oh, he said, there's someone here with a back problem. Well, of course there's someone here with a back problem. 
We got more than 10 people in the room. Yeah. You know, now if somebody's going, hey, Marcus, your fourth vertebrae, I know you're having trouble with it. Let's pray for that. You know, then I'm impressed. You know, then I can kind of go, okay, you've put something on the line there. But, and and then I also had the, the issue of, you know, if you got a problem with this, why didn't you take him aside and talk to him about it? Why did it become a show? But we want to be amazed. We want somebody to. Some of you actually came and saw that, didn't you? Yeah. We want to be amazed. We want somebody. And, and we become so gullible when we want to be amazed. Yeah. We, and I, there is such a thing as discernment, okay? But you know what? The Bible does not condemn us using common sense occasionally. I mean, sometimes some things are just on the surface of them. Uh. There was a there's a there's, a, there's a, a story in the Old Testament, an incident in the Old Testament. Uh, the northern tribes of of Israel had broken with the southern tribes of of Judah and, and Benjamin, and uh, the first king of of the northern kingdom was uh, uh, Jeroboam, and. He, he set up some idols for the people to worship because he didn't want them to go back to Jerusalem. He, he went, ah, that's too far. You don't want to do that. And really what he was going is, man, if they go back there, they're going to they're gonna go back to the house of David. So I got to do something to keep them from going to another church. You know? So he, he, built, he built these idols. And when he, when he built them, there was a, a prophet from Judah who came to, uh, uh, to the inauguration of the idols. And, and, he, uh, and he prophesied against them. And when he prophesied against them, Jeroboam uh, stretched out his hand and said, seize him. And when he did, his hand, we don't know exactly what it did, but it went crippled. And he, it just instantly did. And he realized, ooh, there's, you know, there's something going on here. And uh, he asked the prophet to pray for him. The prophet prayed for him, and his hand was healed. He said, okay. He heard with his ears, but it didn't get to his heart. He kept the idols up. But he said, uh, come and, and I'll, I'll feed you and I'll give you a gift. And the prophet from Judah said, no, I can't do that because the Lord told me, don't eat anything while you're there, don't drink anything while you're there, and don't go back by the same way that you came. And he left. Well, there was a, a, an older prophet in, uh, in Israel who heard about this. And he said, saddle my donkey. So they saddled his donkey, and he went to go find the prophet from Judah. And he found him, found him sitting beside the road. Uh, he probably should have just gone on home, but he found him sitting beside the road. And he, uh, and he said, uh, are you the prophet from Judah? He said, yeah, I, I am. He said, well, I'm a prophet too. And the Lord has told me that you're supposed to come home and, and eat with me. And he said, well, the Lord told me that I'm not supposed to eat anything or drink anything. Yeah, I, I know, but I know he told you that, but he's told me to come and bring you this word. You're supposed to come home and eat with me. So the, the prophet from Judah went home to eat with him. And in the middle of the meal, the guy goes, hear the word of the Lord. Since you disobeyed the Lord and you ate here, you are not going to be buried in your, in your hometown. Okay. That doesn't sound too bad. Uh, actually, it was pretty bad because when he went home, he didn't make it. He, he, was, he was killed on the way home, and 
prophet went and buried him there. Here's the thing. When you know that you have something from the Lord, and something comes and tells you differently, that's wrong. That's, trust what God has spoken to you. Trust what's in your heart. Trust what he's put there. When we, when we, the, the play that we did upstairs this, this last weekend, the, the young gal who was, uh, who, who was the lead in it, Tiffany, uh, about two-thirds of the way through, you know, I finally just had to sit her down and go, look, trust what God has given to you. Don't worry. Just, just use the gifts. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake. If, it, if, if, if you mess up, mess up big, but, but trust what you've got. And she finally did, and, and she rocked, did she not? Yes, she absolutely did. And if you want to rock, trust what God has put in your heart. Don't let anybody come and tell you, no, that's not for you, or it's, it's this, or it's, it's that. Trust what's there. You, you not only can bring the word of the Lord, you have the word of the Lord. God speaks to you. God, God, God doesn't just speak to to preachers and evangelists and, and prophets or, or, or whatever. He speaks to you. He's, he's put things inside of you that are real. Say, well, you know, Jesus came and, and confounded, uh, confounded the people. He brought things. They were, Jesus confounded man's traditions. That's what he confounded. He didn't, he didn't confound God he, he, he con- and the word of the Lord. He confounded what man had done with it. That's what he came and confounded. Say, well, okay, and and so how do I know for sure then if if something is from God? Let's say it does line up. Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, One thing is you need to use the measuring stick, and and the measuring stick is is the Bible. That that is that book that preachers tell you you should read, and one of these days you're going to. It's important. It's important because the Word of God will never conflict or contradict the word of God. You know, they, they, they're on the same, they're on the same page. It's what they do. The, the reason that the, the reason that the, the, the hyper, um, prosperity, uh, message has gained so much, such a foothold in, in the church, in the Western church today is because of the perfect storm of Western materialism and ignorance of the Bible. I mean, the Bible, you know, has got 50, 100 verses warning against greed, warning against that, but you're not going to hear that. And if you don't know it, then you fall into a trap and become pierced with many thorny griefs. That's what the Word says. And the reason that cults, the reason that cults proliferate and exist is because people don't, don't know that Galatians 1.8 says, if we are an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one that you've already heard, the one that we preach to you, then they're under God's curse. Oh, there's been new revelation. An angel appeared to somebody. Oh, please. Let me uh, start to close in on this here. Uh, last week, Kevin was talking about uh, counselors. And he was talking about someone who knows you. Uh, that it, it's good to have a counselor who knows you. And he told a story 
about uh, when he was 17 and decided that he was supposed to be a uh, youth pastor in South Carolina, that uh, somebody had brought a word to him at a conference telling him he's supposed to be a youth pastor at South Carolina. And then he came home. Well, actually, he went to South Carolina and he preached. And he came home and he told me and he told Margaret, I'm going to South Carolina to be a youth pastor. And, uh, um, and he doesn't exactly remember what I said to him, but it had something to do with, are you out of your mind? Yeah. And, and he was saying that, you know, I, I, I knew him and I, and I did. Did I, I? I knew him. I also knew seventeen-year-old preachers. Have you ever heard a seventeen-year-old sermon? Uh, no, a seventeen-year-old bring a sermon. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference in that. Uh, a seventeen-year-old bring a sermon. If you haven't, you are blessed. Uh, you know, he was talking about having heard the tape of the sermon later on and going, "I don't even know what I was trying to say." Uh, I brought, I, I had sermons when I was a teenager, and uh, <laughs> they didn't have recording devices back then. Uh, and it's a. Well, they did. Let's just say they weren't portable, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and it's a good thing. If I were to hear one of those today, I, I, you know, all I, I, I know what I would think. What I would think is those poor people. They were so kind. They, they actually sat through this entire thing and pretended to like it. You know? uh, but, but beyond that, I knew Kevin. And, and I knew, you know, I knew the, the, the excitement that was there. And, and, I knew, and I knew that he was a little bit impressionable uh, at that point in time. And I knew that he had a hard time saying no to anybody about anything. And, you know, and I didn't say, don't go to South Carolina and be a... Be a youth pastor. I, 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 I just said, are you out of your mind? <laughs> let's, let's come. Let us reason together. Let's talk about this a little bit. But we, we want the exotic. We want somebody who, oh, there's no way they could possibly know that. There's, there's, there's no way they could possibly have, have known that, you know, I've had athlete's foot for 15 years. You know, what's something, you know, look, Jesus was rejected at home. Jesus came and spoke at home and they said, who is this? Where does this guy get this stuff? I mean, this is a carpenter's kid, right? You know, I mean, his, his mom's name's Mary and we, we know his brothers, his sisters, we hang out with them. What, what, what does he think he is? We, we want the exotic. We want, we want but, but here's the thing. It is so easy to blow in and blow up and then blow out. Yeah. And nobody's writing it down and nobody's going, well, oh, he, he, well, he got 25%, right? <laughs> well, that's not from God because God isn't a 25%er. He's a 100%er. it's so easy to do that. Listen, a person who loves God and knows God and loves you and knows you is worth more than gold in your life. A person who loves God and knows Him and can hear from God and knows you and loves you 
is an extremely valuable person in your life. Just, just very quickly, I just want to say where he says here, two or three prophets should speak and others should weigh carefully what is said. Don't just gulp it down. Weigh it carefully. Now I want to tell you about a couple of instances in, in my life. And that's back when I looked good. Uh, Margaret's always looked good. But uh, I, put, I put that picture up because the, the things I want to tell you about uh, happened around that age in my life. Uh, and two of them had to do with Bruce. You know, sometimes uh, the word of the Lord can come as a question. And, and it's not always a question about, you know, what are you doing here? You know, are you sure you want to, are you out of your mind? You know, uh, sometimes it's a question that calls forth what's already there. And I remember in 1982 uh, going into Bruce's office and him going, would you like to be the youth pastor at this church? And it, and it was just like, you know, a door opened that I was there the whole time. And I knew at some point it's, it's got to open. Uh, I don't know if it's going to open here. I don't know if it's going to open over there. I don't know when it's going to open. But, you know, that door opened. And, you know, and that was, that was from God. And then a couple of years later in 1984, in August of 84, walking into Bruce's office in, uh, in Harare and at the, at the Bible school there and him going, would you consider coming to teach at the school here? You know, I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was the, it was the voice of God calling to me in that question. Uh, but now here's the, one, here's, a, here's the one that really until this week and until I was going, okay, God, what, you know, when, when have I really had somebody speak to me in my life? Uh, I had never considered this to be a prophetic word until God went, you thought about this? And I went, oh my goodness, yes. Uh, 1987, uh, October, uh, my mom came to Zimbabwe to visit us because our, our uh, youngest daughter had just been born. And uh, we knew at that point we were coming back to the States. Uh, we thought we were coming back to the Nashville area. We thought we were going to come back to start a church. And my mom says, you need to come to Smyrna and take this church. And, you know, and in my heart, uh, and I've told you this before, in my heart I went, no, I don't, because uh, that's Smyrna, for one thing. And you see, Smyrna wasn't Smyrna in those days. It was Smyrna. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, and it was, and it was so mom you know, it was so, that's my mom, that, is, that, that isn't the voice of God, that's my, vo- my mom's voice. I've heard that voice my whole life. I don't think if she had not said that, I, if she had not said that, I don't think we would have been here. I don't think we would have come. Uh, it just wouldn't go away. As much as I wanted it to go away. And, you know, when the Lord finally spoke to my heart and, and, and added to it, uh, I mean, she had put that seed there, but she didn't just plant a seed. But now here's, here's the thing. Can your mom really bring you a prophetic word? 
Well, that's the right answer. (laughs) Somebody who knows God and loves God and knows you and loves you. Yeah. A a word that set the course for the next 30 years of my life. And probably some more, but we're we're coming up on 30. Uh, Don't despise those who are close to you. Just because somebody knows something. You know, when, when Nathan came to David and, and, and goes, you are the man, we have a tendency to go, oh, how did he know that? Everybody in the palace probably knew it. Everybody in the army. You know, I mean, do you think that didn't get out? Do you, do you think David didn't know it had gotten out? I mean, nobody's going to tell him, but he's more intimidating than the pastor, you know. Nobody was going to tell him, but, yeah. But he knew that Nathan loved him, and he knew that Nathan heard from God. And when the word went forth, he repented. He repented. And it set the course for his life. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love according to your loving kindness. Yeah. God speaks. Prophecy is a regular person speaking a supernatural word from God. And it doesn't always start out with, my brother, I have a word for you. Sometimes it sounds like your mama's voice. Would you stand with me? Would those who are going to uh, pray with people come forward today? And if you're here and you got a problem with your back, <laughs> it's probably a good day to come down and get that prayed for. Uh, but seriously, whatever, whatever you came needing, God, God brought you here for a purpose. He brought you here to hear, but He also, to hear what He had to say, but He also brought you here. Because he wants to do some stuff. And he will. He's a God who does stuff. He heals. He reveals. So uh, if you need to come, you come. Otherwise, worship with us for a few moments.